3: Welcome to the Yoga Hour, our time to open our hearts and our minds to the infinite. I'm Yogacharya O'Brien and today we'll be looking at some insights and time-tested practices from the ancient system of of Kriya Yoga, philosophy and practice for spiritually conscious, fulfilled living in our lives today. Yoga is a Sanskrit word that is um, so familiar to people today, but some, of course, think of it uh, just as a form of physical exercise, not understanding its deep um, root, its true meaning of oneness, meaning union or unity, that refers to bringing our attention and our awareness. Um, to consciously abide in our essential spiritual nature, meaning to be restored to our innate original wholeness, knowing the truth of what we are, and then living in harmony with that truth, living in the highest way that is yoga. And today, uh, we're going to look at what prachahara, this pratyahara, practice of learning to withdraw attention from our senses and from uh, sensory impressions can do to support conscious living. And I am so honored and delighted that we are joined today by Pandit Vamadeva Shastri, Dr. David Fraley, and Yogini Shambhavi for this conversation. Uh, <clears throat> Vamadeva Uh, David Frawley is a Western-born teacher in the Vedic tradition. In India, Vamadeva is recognized as a Vedacharya or Vedic teacher and uh, includes in the scope of his studies and teaching uh, Ayurveda, yoga, Vedanta, Vedic astrology, as well as the study uh, of the ancient Vedic texts. Sivamadeva is the author of more than 30 books available in 20 languages worldwide, including the one we're going to be drawing from today that I really can't uh, recommend enough. It is just uh, a wonderful um, book for those um, studying yoga and Ayurveda because it brings the two together and shows how they interface yoga and Ayurveda. Self-Healing and Self-Realization. And this is the first book published in the West on the interface between yoga and Arvade. He's the founder and director of the American Institute of Vedic Studies. Yogini Shambhavi is a mystic yogini. She is a guide and teacher rooted in the ancient teachings and traditions of Shakti worship. Uh, She's an important teacher in the Shakti tradition of India and the Himalayas. And she draws us into this deeper yogic uh, reality, helping us to awaken that universal power that is within us that can nurture. She has authored two books on the Mother Goddess in India, as well as two beautiful um, mantra chanting CDs in the traditional style. You can find out more about both of them, about their work, at their website, vedanet.com. Um, welcome, Vamadeva and Shambhavi.
4: Yes, we're very happy to be here. Namaskar. Anam.
3: Thank you. Before we begin our dialogue about Pratyahara, um Perhaps let's just practice it for a moment of inward turning, a little moment of meditation. In any moment, in a simple moment like this one, we can consciously open our hearts and our minds to divine omnipresence. We can turn our attention within, begin to withdraw our energy from outer sensory stimulation, and begin to turn that attention within, to become aware of the inner light, the divine self within us. So let's just use our breath as a tool today. And as you breathe in, feel that you're pulling your attention and awareness, awareness within with the breath, follow the breath within. And as you breathe out, simply feel that you're letting go and relaxing. Use the breath to move your attention from the external to the internal. And as we consciously move our attention within, we enter the temple of the soul, temple of peace that is always within us. As we become aware of and anchored in our changeless divine nature, we can notice thoughts, feelings, simply arising and passing away. And we can become increasingly aware of the peace that continually emanates from our essence of being. Let's invite that peace now to parade the mental field and the physical body and beyond. Let's send that peace forth into the environment around us and remember we carry it with us everywhere we go as a blessing for all beings everywhere. We begin our um, program this morning on Pratyahara, Refresh your mind with Pratyahara, Taking a look at what Pratyahara is. Uh, in uh, Dr. Frawley's book, he when he, in when writing about Pratyahara, um, he he said, you know, have you ever? Uh, read a book about Pratyahara or attended a class about it. You know, we we know there are many books on pranayama, many books on meditation, many books on asana, or in classes on all those topics. But here we have Pratyahara uh, in that same system of the eight limbs of yoga, and it, it tends to be largely ignored. Um, but we're going to find out today why it's so important. Parmansa Yogananda wrote, when by 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 Kriya Yoga, you can withdraw your life energy and consciousness from the five sense telephones. (laughs) When you can withdraw your vitality from your body and mind and throw the searchlight of your attention on God, that is the highest way to God. And of course, here he was describing uh, Prachahara. This uh, appears in Patanjali's Yoga Sutra as one of the eight limbs of yoga. It's sandwiched there in between pranayama and dharana, concentration. Uh, it's often translated as withdrawal uh, of our attention uh, from the senses and is compared to a turtle drawing its limbs into its shell as we uh, pull our attention away from sensory uh, input from the objects of the senses and turn our attention inward. Um, Vamadeva, how do you define um, pratyahara?
4: Well, very similar to that. Drawing our energy and our awareness from within, removing it from the ordinary outward-going movement through the senses, the motor organs, and the mind, And coming back to the core of our being, it also marks the distinction between the outer and the inner limbs of yoga. What is before can be purely an outer practice, but after pratyahara, it becomes an inner practice. We can also look at it almost like fasting from external stimulation, just as fasting from food can regenerate the digestive system and purify the body, so too fasting at a mental level can also help us digest our impressions and experiences, and connect to a deeper flame of awareness and perception within.
3: Mm. And that um, meaning that, that you refer to uh, Pratyahara in, in the last part of what you just said, um, that we, we find in the definition of the word uh, ahara, or food. <laughs> and, um, you know, yogis are, I think, um, sort of commonly... Um, concerned about food, <laughs> you know what, how we nurture the body, what we 're taking in um and and this has us looking at the more subtle form of food or nourishment as uh, as it comes to us through sense uh impressions and um this is a wonderful way to think about you know what we're taking in and how it affects us, how we can digest it or not um so uh, prachahara can be thought of then as not taking in uh, food or these sensory impressions. And you write about four different forms of prachahara in your book, Yoga and Arved. Um, Control of the senses, control of prana, control of action, and withdrawal of the mind. So let's, let's start with the first one in this segment of the program this morning, um, control of the senses. Uh, Indriya Pratyahara or um, so tell us about that and how that's a starting point for us
4: well normally we're caught up in the outer sensory world and particularly in the modern age with all of our computers and media we are bombarded with sensory stimuli which keeps our minds oriented externally and so we are unable to look within understand ourselves or see the origins of energy and awareness within we get caught in our equipment whether our sensory equipment ourselves or the media that arises from it we also often take in very low grade disturbing violent sensory impressions, which also have a corresponding effect to disturb and dull the mind. So the management of sensory impressions, which are subtle food for the mind, is extremely important for all aspects of mental, psychological, and emotional health, and they create the foundation, they create the energy, the nutrition, if we use higher impressions and deeper pratyahara for higher level of existence and awareness beyond the limitations of the external
3: senses. And mm. it, it, it does seem, doesn't it, that this particular practice um, has an even greater uh importance um, today, you know, you mentioned that just the sensory overload that people are experiencing today Um, you wrote in your book, uh, we are so accustomed to ongoing sensory activity that we don't know how to keep our minds quiet, we become hostages of the world of the senses and its allurements, we run after what is appealing to the senses and forget the higher goals of life, for this reason, Prachihara is probably the most important limb of yoga for people today. I mean, we we see that. Um, we can just observe it around us. Of course, we experience it ourselves um, from the bombardment that, that we have every day. Um, but just looking around us, you know, I uh, one of the things that just um, I see uh, often, you know, I have little granddaughters and, you know, I will take them to the park to play. And, you know, I'll see... Today, you know, out in nature, in a place that would be uh, normally soothing, you know, to the senses, you know, for the child and for the parent to be there together. Most often today, the child is playing, um, but the parent is sitting on the bench um, with their um, uh, cell phone or, you know, iPhone texting or emailing. Um, So there's this kind of continual distraction that's going on.
4: Absolutely. We live in a world where we're so distracted externally we don't look within and we're not able to understand our true self and we are ignorant and not looking at what we're actually taking into our senses. For example, we will let people into our minds that we will not let into our homes. You can see how we are not, we're not giving importance to what we're bringing into our senses even though it's a deeper and more intimate level of exchange than simply eating food and outer activity.
3: Mm, I mean, it's closer to the core of our being. At the more at the more subtle level, these impressions, um, you know, and this is so true of media, movies, and television. <laughs> you know, you talk about people that we wouldn't let into our homes ordinarily. We let them in, you know, through computer, uh, through television. You know, what we're watching or what we're allowing uh, our, our children um, to watch. And you know, it's um, it's interesting that uh, of course yoga makes us aware that. That there is, um, uh, what can I say, a cost or, um, you know, that that it isn't, uh, there's an effect to everything that we take in. So you can't just watch a movie or listen to music um, without it actually having an influence on you. And this is why yogis are so careful um, or they want to be at least careful about what you know, we are taking in because it does have an effect on the body and mind. But um, for the most part, you know, people are not thinking so much about that or feeling it. And after a while of taking in so much heavy stimulation, um, there's not even a sense that it is affecting how we feel.
4: It's also reprogramming the nervous system in a different way, getting us addicted to sensory impressions so that we uh, don't have a direct contact with reality. And today we're even getting caught in the the mediated impressions. Instead of experiencing our senses directly, we're looking at a screen, we're getting pre-digested ideas, experiences, and impressions through the media. And our nervous system is vibrating with that, which tends to make it, disturbed, distracted overall, and removes it from the natural, organic, peaceful vibrations that helps take it within. Mm.
3: So it's sort of like at the, if we compare it to the physical diet, you know, if we if we eat foods that are overly salty or sweet, um, you know, pretty soon we lose our taste for the natural sweetness in fruit, you know. But you, you fast, you know, from highly processed or foods that have a lot of salt and sugar, and then you go back and taste a nectarine or a peach, and the the sweetness of it is absolutely astounding but you know if the diet is uh, overstimulated, the palate is overstimulated we lose our ability um, to experience that uh, naturally um, yeah. so uh, I, I'm sorry, I just wanted to ask before we go to the break if we can just take a look at some of the tools now that we have through P- Prachahara for not getting caught up in um, this sensory overload. What would you recommend that people do?
4: Well, there's many things. Uh, one of the simplest one is actually the silence of the speech and the control of the mind through uh, withdrawing from excess speaking or mauna because speech is the most important of the motor organs and it engages us most uh, externally. Uh, relative to the sense organs, there's, of course, closing the eyes, uh, turning the ears uh, within. And if we have to have a broader level of sensory activity, being out in nature and letting nature's space affect us because the mind is always reflecting its environment. So we have either a twofold process of either turning within and withdrawing from sensory impressions or creating more positive, natural, spiritual sensory impressions to nourish us at a deeper level. As you mentioned uh, earlier, pranayama itself, if done with awareness, if done with calm and silence and turn within, pranayama itself becomes one of the main methods of pratyahara even the asana practice is a pratyahara of the body at least it should be a calming a silencing and a withdrawing of the uh, motor organs into the uh, silence and of course concentration meditation becomes then this withdrawal turning within or a pratyahara of the mind
5: also Mm -hmm. working with the rasa sound which is a subtle element of sensory component through which we relate to the element of space through the vibrations of mantra.
3: And when we come back from the break, um, we're going to focus on that um, form of prachihara, in particular with mantra. You're listening to the Yoga Hour with guests Pandit Vamadeva Shastri and Yogini Shambhavi. And uh, their website is Vedanet.com. We'll be right back with you exploring mantra.
1: If Unity Online Radio has helped you grow spiritually through programs like this one, please consider supporting this online radio programming. Visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for helping us continue to serve as the voice of an awakening world.
2: Did you know that the Buddha gave us the formula to create a beautiful, abundant life? Did you know that Jesus gave us the formula to create a beautiful, abundant life? Did you know that both these masters taught exactly the same thing? And guess what? They did not teach the Law of Attraction. They taught the Great Paradox of Prosperity. You can have anything you want. Why? You can have things you don't even know you want, but not by wanting them. Instead, put your attention on the vibrant presence of the divine within Do that and your life will change. It has to. That is the natural order. Want to crack the code on the great paradox? Get Janet Connors' The Lotus and the Lily. Available everywhere great books are sold. Listening to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. We now return to The Yoga Hour.
3: Welcome back to The Yoga Hour. I'm Ellen Grace O'Brien and I'm joined today by Pandit Vamadeva Shastri and Yogini Shambhavi and um we've been talking about pratyahara one of the eight limbs of uh ashtanga yoga um, that we find in uh patanjali's yoga sutra and, we've been, and and pratyahara is a way in which we learn to bring our attention within to draw our energy our life force into the awareness of our inner self. And so we've been talking about the different forms of pratyahara um, and different skills um, that we can use to be able to manage our vital force, our attention and our energy so we're not uh, subject to um, sensory overload. Um, And just before the break, um, Yogini Shambhavi mentioned a, a mantra as a way in which we can work with this energy. And she is really a master teacher of mantra. She has some beautiful um, CDs available um, for those who want to learn um, these ancient mantras. And just listening to her chant, of course, you can feel the power of them. And so mantra is a central practice of Pratyahara. And um, one definition of mantra is that which um, protects the mind or takes us beyond mind and it's a a repetition or remembrance of a sacred word or phrase and it's a a key practice in our Kriya Yoga tradition. Paramahansa Yogananda um, indicated that it was possible to reach enlightenment through mantra alone and mantra can encompass all the practices of Kriya Yoga, self-discipline, Uh, inquiry into the nature of reality and surrender of the illusion that we are separate from the source. And all mantra um, flows from the... Primal um, mantra Om, this uh, resonant uh, vibration of creation. Uh, Yoganandaji wrote that the infinite powers of sound are derived from Om, the word or creative hum of the cosmic motor. So, um, Shambhavi, tell us how you define mantra, how you how you think of it.
5: First of all, uh, mantra is a great tool for Pratyahara because uh, Pratyahara unfolds the power and divine grace of the Mother Goddess energy or Shakti when we internalize our sensory experiences, deepening the sacred reality of our true nature. So it's the mantra which holds the Vaka Shakti of the divine feminine energy and this can really help change our deepest vibrations at our core spiritual level so it's the pratyahar which guides us to synchronize uh, our spand shakti or vibrational field with the benevolent cosmic vibrations so the key is really to working with these uh, cosmic vibrations and uh, in sanskrit it's so beautiful that mantra is really a cosmic language which uh, creates these vibrations mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm. so that and you know when you're speaking about how mantra um you know, mantras have the the qualities. You know, they they are infused with these divine qualities, and um, as we chant mantra, as we reflect upon mantra. So it's not just um, making the sound, but it's also, of course, a conscious reflection on on those qualities, those qualities then begin to awaken within us. And um, so it's beautiful how you're describing that mantra is this a way in which we can um, elevate our consciousness to a higher level. We've been talking about so many of these uh, sensory impressions that are really of a lower level. Um, that can impede our ability to connect with our innate divinity, but mantra um, is uh, is a vehicle to then take us uh, into that deep connection with the divine self. Would you would you say that is so?
5: See, uh, it's um, the mantra shakti is really about harmonizing and being aware of our inner and outer. Uh, life experiences, and also allows us to stay in touch with the benevolent grace and wisdom of the universal Shakti forces, which uh, draws us into the nurturing embrace of Mother Earth and Mother Nature. Mm -hmm. So it's important uh, to uh, invoke that power and grace of Shakti through the mantra,
3: and so, and you know, mantra can be used then um of course, as a tool for meditation, it's classically used in that way, um but you're also describing a much larger way of using mantra uh in in which it becomes um um, you know more of a tool that is carried with us in the heart and the mind you know throughout our day uh, with a purifying uplifting uh influence and of course when you when one practices mantra deeply, you know we begin with uh recitation and with inner listening, but then the shakti of the mantra the power of it begins to um unfold itself within, you know, so that um, we experience that power. The mantra itself begins to sing within us.
5: (laughs) Yes, because uh, in uh, Vedic thought, the senses are the divine forces which can elevate our consciousness. And uh, really the key to our holistic well-being is to manifest our sensory expressions with the sense of the sacred. And so Shakti allows us to draw in that sacredness. So the key really to mastering the senses is to gain uh, control of the power that moves them, which is uh, invoking the Shakti within them. And because Shakti holds um, the grace of the vāk, the spoken word, And the mantra is a very important key to internalizing or to uh, unfolding this pratyahar.
3: Mm. And you've touched on such an important um, part of this practice, Shambhavi, which is um, that this uh, control of the senses is not suppression of the senses. Mm, Not Um, at all. Um, but we could say perhaps spiritualizing the senses are returning them um, to their divine um, purpose, uh, allowing them to serve um, the divine self. Um, and that yeah, is unless, so important, yeah.
5: Mm-hmm. Unless our Shakti practice is really grounded in Shanti, only then can we uh, unfold this Pratyahara. Mm. Otherwise, there's always an agitation uh, mm. to the nature, the deeper nature. So yeah. we have to learn to use the senses astutely, you know, with respect for their particular shaktis that are um, intrinsic part of this divine shakti flow of grace.
3: Yeah, and so treating and understanding, you know, our body and mind as the temple of the divine. So this practice is not shunning um, these beautiful instruments of the divine, but bringing a shanti of peace to our practice, but also prema, uh, really the highest love. Um, seems so important in our mantra practice. Um i want to ask you if you would be willing to offer a simple mantra um today on our program just um one that uh, our listeners could could hear and maybe talk about the qualities of that mantra and how someone might might use it to do what we're talking about to really spiritualize the senses make us more aware help us uh connect with um the higher energies um around us and within us?
5: Well, since we uh, were talking about uh, shanti and shakti and prema, or uh, divine uh, love, then all this really unfolds soma. So that's the key to harmonizing our life. So I can share a very beautiful soma mantra, which is Om Shreem Som Somaya Namah. We can chant it, and maybe you can join me as well. Sure. Om Som Somaya Namaha To draw in the Soma because Pratyahar is uh, when we internalize the senses, then there has to be a flow of Soma, the sweetness of divine grace. I think that's very important.
3: Um, Will you let's, if we can, sort of take that mantra sort of piece by piece for our listeners? Um, the different parts of it, of course, always these mantras begin with Om. So let's start there. Why do we initiate with Aum? Om?
5: Okay, om is the pranava shakti, you know, gives us the power to uh, expand the prana, which unless we don't expand the prana, only then can you withdraw and internalize after experiencing that expansion of the prana.
3: Mm-hmm. Om- Beautiful. The, yeah. The cosmic and, sound. And that's connected to how why we see in the eight limbs um pranayam. Right? Mm-hmm. And then yeah. pratyahara. So this this first expansion of the prana so that it allows us to um actually practice pratyahara. Um so om the primal um, vibration, expanding the prana, and then shreem, what is that?
5: Shreem, yet when we expand, because uh, um, om can also be uh, a heating element when we expand. So especially for women, the shreem calms and cools the vibrations, the flow of soma, the flow of blood, uh, you know, harmonizing the nervous system. So Shreem is a benevolent, auspicious uh, Shakti mantra. So we draw in the auspiciousness of Shakti with uh, Shreem.
3: Mm. And Som?
5: Som is uh, the essence of Soma. So the Shreem uh, invokes that Soma aspect of the Devi of the Divine Feminine. So we draw in that soma, soma we uh, delight in that soma experience.
3: And soma, soma is the divine nectar or the bliss.
5: Yes, the Ananda, the yeah. experience of uh, fulfillment.
3: And then, then the mantra uh, repeats Somaya Namaha. Mm-hmm.
5: Namaha is we draw that into the spiritual heart and we bow to uh, the Shakti forces of the universe, allowing the benevolence to flow in our lives.
3: And that, that conclusion in this, in this mantra, uh, Namaha, gives us a sense of respect and devotion
5: our, our our deeper higher self divine self
3: mhm yeah and that making that connection with love and respect with the mantra um you know it makes such a difference if you're going to chant mantra you know mantra is... I think um, we, we need to approach it with that, um, as we were saying earlier, with shanti, with peace, yes. um, with, with, uh, with our, our energy concentrated, you know, brought together. Mm-hmm. Of course, this is Pratyahar. And, and the
5: pronunciation is very important for the right vibrational, to create the right vibrational field.
3: Yes. <laughs> yes, so pronunciation, this quality of peace, drawing in our energy and our attention and um, prema, love and respect devotion, Um, bhakti mm -hmm. devotion, bhakti so how how important do you think devotion is to um, mantra practice
5: bhakti is very important because it's almost like a prayer so when we uh, invoke uh, the shakti uh, you know, grace through prayer. So prayer is a manifestation of bhakti. You know, when you understand that there is this divine grace and power, this nurturing uh, power of Mother Earth and Mother Nature and the cosmic heavens, which is uh, the intrinsic nature of shakti, then that bhakti draws us into that automatic... uh, Gentle
4: mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm. and we we can see that mantra, and especially as you have shared it this morning, this beautiful mantra you offered for us um, is a form of nourishment, of a subtle yeah, nourishment um, for the mind, uh, for the body, um, and and we can feel it. Now we're going to um, just go to the break in one more minute. So I thought it would be lovely if you wouldn't mind repeating the chanting of the mantra again and we'll just close this segment listening to the mantra one more time.
5: Yes. Om Shri Som Som
3: Beautiful. Let us do it one more time together, Shambhavi. Om
5: Shri
3: Yogacharya O'Brien, and you're listening to the Yoga Hour with special guests, Pandit Vamadeva Shastri and Yogini Shambhavi. You can find out more about their books and um, classes and their Vedic Institute at Veda. V-E-D-A-N-E-T, com. Um, We are talking about Pratyahara today, how to enhance our well-being through this important uh, step of yoga practice. And we'll be right back with you for segment three, looking at the other aspects of Pratyahara.
4: What if you could improve your health one decision at a time? Take that first step and join us each Tuesday at 9 a.m. Central and learn from experts in integrative medicine. Awaken to your best health is committed to supporting your personal health through cutting edge research, education, and practical tips that you can put into place immediately. Make that decision for yourself by saying yes to health.
6: What it means to be sacred activists in service of compassion and justice. We may find ourselves asking, how do we become a sacred activist? Institute for Sacred Activism founder Andrew Harvey says, follow your heartbreak. His advice echoes Gandhi, who once said, Whenever you are in doubt, apply the following test. Recall the face of the poorest and the weakest person whom you may have seen, and ask yourself if the step you contemplate is going to be of any use to them. Will they gain anything by it? Will it restore them to a control over their own life and destiny? So, whenever in doubt about the direction of your life, just ask yourself, What breaks my heart? whose suffering is simply too much to bear, and then commit your life to alleviate it. Don't turn your face away from the pain and injustice that is so prevalent in our world. Courageously bear witness to it, and in prayer, dedicate your life to healing it. Gain more spiritual insight. Listen to Radical Spirituality and Sacred Activism with Adam Bucko, Mondays at 4 p.m. Central Time here on Unity Online Radio.
2: Listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. If you have a question, please submit it via email at the at unityonlineradio.org and we will respond. Now, back to the Yoga Hour.
3: Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Yogacharya O'Brien. And with us today are Pandit Vamadeva Shastri, Dr. David Frawley, and Yogini Shambhavi. Vamadeva is the founder and director of the American Institute of Vedic Studies and the author of many books, including uh, the one that we're drawing from today as we uh, take a look at this um, limb of yoga, Pratyahara. Um, this book is Yoga and Arved, Self-Healing and Self-Realization, and it takes a look at what has been called these two sister sciences, you know, side by side and um, how they uh, work together to support complete well-being. And uh, in our first segments, we looked at um, Pratyahara as control of the senses, how how to take responsibility for the right intake of impressions, and in our second segment, how to use mantra. So let's come back um, to looking at the other three forms of Pratyahara. In the beginning of the program, I mentioned uh, that in your book you list four forms of pratyahara, uh, control of the senses and control of prana, control of action and withdrawal of the mind. So can you tell us a little bit about those?
4: Uh, Certainly. Well, first of all, to make things very simple, we only have one inner sense, which is our sense of the divine self. Our five outer senses are just that, outer diversifications of the inner sense of the divine self. We also have only one inner interaction, which is abiding in our own inner self, and all of our motor organs or external actions should be reflections of that, but of course they move in different directions. Now the energy of this inner self is also the energy of prana at the deepest level, what we call the inner prana or the unitary prana. So the prana-based pratyahara is moving into that inner unitary prana by turning our attention and our sensory apparatus within and letting go of the outer external uh, stimulation it's sort so of by like going back to that original electrical shakti force that runs our organism body and mind are but tools and instruments just as we have various implements instruments in the outer world they're run by our internal energy and pratyahara is going back to that internal energy and taking it back to our true self and then moving away from that getting caught up in our outer instruments and uh applications. So the prana pratyahara is very key and very central and it allows us to move to a deeper level of prana where we can go beyond inhalation, exhalation, attraction, repulsion, even birth and death into that universal life force that animates everything.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we're just going back um, to the deep a source within us, and you know, we get a sense of um, why um, Paramahansa Yogananda taught Kriya Yoga Pranayam um, to, you know, take us to that um, deep place.
4: And then, relative to the Pranayam, the Pratyahara of the uh, motor organs or action mainly we're caught in this external world of action and we forget our true nature as beyond action or as we say, we get caught in the external realm of becoming and forget our true nature of being. Mm -hmm. And what yoga is, is a form of non-doing Reduction of unnecessary action, turning the power of action within and letting go so that we can go back to the source. And what we learn through the practice of yoga and pratyahara, that being is the greatest or most powerful of actions. The state of being is the greatest power of shakti or has the greatest power of transformation. So if we really want to be transformed, to gain higher energies, higher awareness, the simplest thing is to be still, to be silent, to be content within, and to let go of outer activity. Often we think that we must do things externally in order to gain or to grow in life, and then this action ends up, uh, disturbing us or causing us to lose our equilibrium that interaction of silence awareness uh, stillness and connecting to the inner sources of energy is much more powerful it's based in peace and it has an ability to bring about miraculous changes without us having to do anything at a personal level
3: That's such a beautiful description, you know, that that so often we we think we have to try to become spiritual, you know, do things that, that actually dissipate our energies and are not in accordance with the actual truth the truth of our being, which when we just turn within and abide in that, then our energy is not depleted, but it is enhanced. And uh, you gave just such a beautiful uh, description of that. And then the last um, form of pratyahara, withdrawal of the mind.
4: This is the most important because... The mind is our biggest problem, our biggest obstacle. Most of what we think about during the day is useless. Some of it is even uh, negative. It's often breeding uh, psychological issues, unnecessary fears, desires, anxieties, all these uh, problems. So this excess and wrong activity of the mind brings about all kinds of loss of energy, loss of awareness, and mistaken perception, and the, what yoga teaches us is that the mind functions best And it is most perceptive and aware when it is silent, when it is receptive, and when it is not caught in its own activity, when it functions like a mirror to reveal the reality rather than distorting the reality according to its own thoughts. So this mirror-like mind of Pratyahara gives us maximum functioning externally as well as internally and shows us the nature of reality. So at the deeper levels of we withdraw the mind into the spiritual heart, which is the origin of the mind. We withdraw the sense of self into the divine self, which is the pure I am that I am. And we let go of all the tension, all the uh, agitation in the mind to that inner overflowing sense of peace within. So in this regard, Pratyahara is the foundation of meditation. Meditation is the ultimate Pratyahara. And we would withdraw our awareness into the spiritual heart. We are not leaving anything. We are moving from the limited to the unlimited, from the finite to the infinite, from the darkness to the light, and from the outer illusion to the inner reality, and that is why Pratyahara is so much the essence of all yoga and not just simply one limb of yoga.
3: Mm. Yeah, so beautifully said, and when we are withdrawing the mind and really, um, in a sense, uh, controlling... Uh, this manas, this thinking mind, you know, moving from one thing to the next, as you describe, you know, so distracting. Um, we're, we're actually increasing um, sattva in the mental field. So the mental field itself becomes more luminous. Um, allowing, you know, sattva to arise, to then have that reflective quality that the, that the mental field can have to, uh, reveal, um, the higher true self. Um, such a beautiful way to know that we can, uh, draw upon the true self within us. Um, not only in our meditation but of course uh, in all that we are doing and how how we are living. Um, before we conclude, um, tell me just anything else you would like to say about Pratyahara uh, and perhaps just a, a brief um, concluding moment from, from each of you.
4: Well, the main thing for us to understand is Pratyahara is the essence of yoga. It is also the essence of healing the mind and heart. It is a way of accessing that wellspring of divine love, grace, and peace within. That power is always there. We touch upon it in uh, deep sleep a little bit, but we can access it at any time. That wellspring of connection to the divine energy and grace is there. It doesn't require effort. It requires surrender and letting go through surrender and letting go we gain all things. And we must um, um,
5: actually understand that, uh, or create an awareness that each sensory expression has its uh, unique capacity and power to impact not only our lives, but the karma that unfolds through our actions. Mm -hmm. So each of the five senses has its inherent Shakti through Mm -hmm. which it really functions. And these uh, senses really color our minds, emotions, and influence uh, all that we do in life. So we need to create that awareness around us.
4: Mm. And we, we need to remain having the sense of the divine self within us as the root of all of our sensory activity. Our sensory activity should be part of a yoga, a worship, a prayer, a ritual, a sacred honoring of the whole of life because that wholeness dwells within us. That wholeness is our true self and the self of all.
3: It has been such a joy to share this yoga hour with you. As I said, I'm honored and delighted um, that we've had time with both of you, two master teachers, to be with us today to talk about this important um, practice of yoga. Uh, Pandit Ji and uh, Shambhavi, thank you so much. And I want to tell the listeners they can find out more about your work at your website, vedanet.com, and also let them know that that uh, next year, in March 2015, you'll be leading uh, a retreat in India, Uh, Yoga Shakti retreat and visiting uh, sacred sites and temples and uh, listeners can find out more by visiting your website. Also, there are some archived programs with um, uh, Panditji and with Yogini Shambhavi. Uh, Take a look at the uh, Yoga Hour archives for a program with them on mantra yoga, another one on the nectar of immortality on Soma, which um, Shambhavi spoke a little bit about today Uh, for more information about Center for Spiritual Enlightenment please visit csecenter.org and remember to subscribe to Yoga Hour at iTunes I look forward to being with you next time and until then remember to let your inner light shine into the world and to share your peace and your joy with all that you meet. Bye now thank you again both of you thank you for tuning in to the yoga hour living the eternal way
2: with yogacharya ellen grace o'brien join us every thursday morning at 10 a.m central 8 a.m pacific for practical purposeful methods for spiritually conscious living every day the yoga hour living the eternal way only on unity online radio the voice of an awakening world
0: Have you heard about Dr. Tom Shepard's new program on Unity Online Radio? Tom Shepard? Isn't he the Unity Magazine question and answer guy? Right. Well, they've actually turned him loose with a radio show. And I hear it's going to be pretty edgy. Edgy? Like what? Guest panelists and students from Unity Institute and Seminary. Topics like abortion, gay marriage, war and peace, environmental issues, Islamic fundamentalism, universal health care, religion and politics, current events.
4: Yeah, but they'll all be unity people, right?
0: Dr. Tom and his students will talk about the hard questions facing all people today. Sometimes joined by rabbis, priests, liberal and conservative ministers, Buddhist monks, Baha'is, Hindus. And he's going to interview them on the program? better. He's going to introduce a controversial topic and let students and special guests go for it.
4: This could get explosive. Does he have guys in black shirts standing by to break up the
0: fights? (laughs) If I know Dr. Tom, he will keep it both friendly and spirited. Whoa, I gotta hear this. When and where? The program is called Let's Talk About It and it's on every Thursday at 9 a.m. Central Time only on Unity Online Radio. So let's talk about it.
2: Definitely let's.